0: What does motion sound like? With Hands free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Ah. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com/socks. Let's take a mulligan. A mulligan.
1: Mulligan. You ever take that one mulligan? In the basketball game. Get the possession. Oh, like again. they're like, uh, we just shot an air ball. And- <laughs> yeah, like timeout. Tatum's, Tatum's, out. Like, Tatum's, Tatum's out. like, let me shoot that again. Same exact
0: shot. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> he just runs the same one. Uh, are we live, Gail? All right. What's oh, up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the. We're just going to do it oh, oh, all. Right. Right. <laughs> 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 over the are going to do it We're it We're We're going do it all.
1: We're going to do it all. We're keep up with the facade that I enjoy sitting with you. That's right. They saw
0: the real us once the, s- the yeah. stream ended and we all went our my separate face, ways. Yeah. I just, my just, like, the face oh. act was oh. over. Yeah.
1: I just re- uh, started
0: calling crazy. you both F
1: face over it's, and over. <laughs> it's all
0: an act. Uh, over here, though, a man wearing all green. I wonder why. It's Brennan Vote. Yeah.
2: Just feeling lucky. It's a lucky color. You know what <laughs> I mean? a lucky color Yeah. For I him? don't know.
0: Something today is just. A little pep in my step, fellas. You do have a lot of pep in your step. Your hair is extra shiny. Mm, that's right. Athletic Greens, I would guess.
1: That's, it, that's what it is, <laughs> No, that's
0: what his fingernails are extra shiny. Yeah, can't you tell? Oh, By the way, oh, Athletic oh.
2: Greens is, is is great, but we'll get to that, I'm sure.
0: Uh, as I was mentioning in the in take <laughs> one, we have uh, a great show lined up for you. We are going to talk about Andrew Nembhard, a four-year point guard uh, out of Gonzaga, uh, maybe a Monte Morris replacement. So We're going to talk about that as well. Some rumors swirling about about Mr. Nugget. We're also going to talk about Ryan Saunders joining Michael Owen's staff and what that means. But we have to start, of course, by visiting the Haters Ball. <laughs> let's take a. Let's go ahead and get this party started. We're going to go straight to the Haters Ball. You know what's funny is this isn't even a Haters Ball for all of us. It's really just a Haters Ball for one. Like for me, I, there's a little Haters Ball. I, I, sure, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna join the haters' ball. I'm oh, not gonna sit this, on the outside. If you get invited to the haters' ball, you, you don't to. turn that invitation down. But uh, but do I have to like first throw it to my man? Uh, I don't know if you were watching the game last night. Vote. I caught it. Oh, uh, yeah. did you, catch, you it? catch it? Yeah, I caught it. Can you of catch it? Fill us in on just like how your guy Jason Tatum did.
2: Well, you know, I'll start here. I thought that was his best game of the series. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: yeah. really did. That's true. It's because it was. was factual. Yeah. So glass half empty glass I, are half you four. sure are you sure game one wasn't his best i true. know he didn't shoot the ball well he, and didn't, he didn't really do but did miss 14 shots yeah but but, 13 <laughs> assists yeah <laughs> really that, i think that, that might have been his best one right yeah.
2: <laughs> and then golden state decided you know what we don't have to double team him at all
0: yeah well <laughs> so, there was a, a little, little bit a little bit but, Maybe but we'll uh, talk about him
2: listen when it comes down to would you rather let nba players hit wide open threes from the
0: corner or uh
2: uh, a bad player take bad shots. A bad player. You're know a you know. bad
0: player. You're going so far. No, uh, I mean the Warriors. Look, 104.94. They now move within one game of winning the championship this year. I don't think the series is over. I think it heavily favors the Warriors at this point. I think if you're the Warriors, you're feeling very good. If you're the Celtics, you're not. But look, this happened once before. The Celtics were down. You know, in a game Mm -hmm. six, they end up winning game six and game seven to to get the series. So they've kind of had their back against the wall. I don't want to count it out. And I think these two teams are sort of evenly matched enough. But this was a win to me of all of the ones. This was the series like this was like the most important one and the fact that you got a bad and I don't want to say a bad I don't think this was a bad Steph Curry game. It was a bad shooting game. But nonetheless a bad shooting game from oh, Steph Curry yeah. and you still lose and not just lose but lose by 10. Eric, this was a this was a big statement win I think for the Warriors.
1: Uh no question. No this like this game more than any other in the finals has like really really highlighted the depth that the Golden State Warriors possess. Ah. Like I mean you're right Steph Curry is is uh just brings defenses to their knees, he makes them scramble, makes them run around, makes them consider every move he makes. But I mean, usually he's actually making three-point He still makes
0: them even with that attention.
1: Yes. I mean, the game we saw before this one was like so unbelievably transcended from him. It was jarring to watch him not be able to make any shots throughout... I mean, yeah. he, he was he was still finishing at the rim. He made zero three pointers, which I like. still even yeah, saying hasn't that out happened loud, for a long time. Saying that out loud like doesn't even really make sense. Has that happened in a playoff I don't game? Know. For it him? Was no, it was oh, two hundred. No, it was two hundred
0: twenty-three playoff games or something like something that, or so two hundred twenty-three games since the last time he didn't make a three. It's
1: I mean it's unbelievable. And um, and then we just see the rise of Andrew Wiggins. It's just a different player Man. every game for the, the GD
0: Warriors. It's unbelievable. Might be his Embarrassment of riches. Fan. Andrew Wiggins might be my favorite athlete ang- of all time no just angles oh. ball kind of like yeah. one of my favorite angles to take on this um but i don't know there's a lot of ang- what's your angle i mean i know your angle on this <laughs> do we just want to do it? i mean we are in the haters ball do you, do you want to go for go? it bro. honestly give us some takes here like there's no, see, just, it's not over but we're five games into a finals yeah i mean sometimes players
2: and teams will try their hardest to tell you who they are and you just have to listen you know you just <laughs> have to accept that uh, by the way on a serious note Andrew Wiggins is a foxhole
0: guy. It's twenty twenty two. I know. Carl
2: Anthony Towns.
0: I know. Wow, you're man, you're going to haters. Just, no, this no, is I'm, a no, haters I'm just no different haters ball just saying, than I thought.
2: No, no, I'm just saying that. Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> taking
0: straight he's been out of the playoffs. <laughs> Did you say, the you're in hater I'm just lad. saying.
2: It's crazy that all this time later this league is hilarious. Every four years, everything you think you knew about the players mm-hmm. and the narratives completely flips on his head. Andrew Wiggins, unironically a foxhole guy.
1: That feels like a joke. It does feel like a joke. It's, uh, I mean, it's funny because that's the number one overall pick, and it's amazing. We're like, he's unbelievable. Where did this guy come from? <laughs> yeah. like, every team is he's, like, he's on a max contract. A team, uh, the, it, it, like the year before he was drafted, it was rigging for Wiggins. Like yeah. everyone was was tanking so they could get the Maple Mamba, and it was like he was a guaranteed, like no doubt, number one overall pick. I don't
0: think I'm not, little revisionist history. All that other stuff. Was, saying, but, no, I mean, no, no. All that stuff you're saying is true, except for the no doubt part. For it, some years, in my, my world, a, it was well. Some some years there's a first overall pick but you don't know are they a superstar or are they just like a sure. good player I think he was a little bit in that category clear first pick sure. but I don't know that he was a can't
1: miss blue chip can't miss meaning just like he was the right choice to yeah, like yeah. he was going to be a transformational player for whatever uh I mean at least in my world I mean I, I was not uh you know maybe absorbing the NBA as deeply as I am now but you know it it was like man what could we do to get andrew wiggins right. how could we possibly sure. get a player like andrew wiggins right. and he goes to minnesota absolutely just gets buried he becomes a joke he gets traded for D'Angelo russell like it's crazy man
2: draymond draymond talking about it last night you said the initial reaction to that was that was a flip that preceded another flip that we just got wiggins to trade him but for us we never viewed it that way and he brought up that anecdote i i, I don't know if any of you saw that i'm sure many of you did that they got to talk to Tibbs about this after acquiring Wiggins.
0: May or may not have been a lie. Somebody's lying on this, I feel. But go ahead. Give the story. First of all, that's
2: you're probably right. <laughs> I like that, too. But And he says that uh, Jimmy Butler apparently loved Andrew Wiggins. And as Draymond says, we all know, Jimmy, if there's any softness to you, he does just doesn't like you. It's just not the way he's cut. Not a big fan.
0: I know we've litigated and relitigated this, but I still go back to, like, Things have worked out for Denver in a very good way. But I know a lot of people back in the day would say, like, Jimmy Butler would have ruined Jokic. Like, he would have hated Jokic. He would have beat him down. Part of me is like. I know, but part of me is kind of like. Every single person that's ever been around Yoke says he's real, he's tough. And I'm like, I think Jimmy Butler would have been here and been like, wow, this dude's real and tough. He would have probably I'm telling you, I know we've relitigated this, but I just think like he would have been here and he would have been like, This dude's awesome. Yeah, my guy. Can
2: you pull up that comment from from Voya there? Wiggins Cond Wolves out of a max. Well that one too. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. That's a Celtics fan. I just want to know, everyone's celebrating Andrew Wiggins today. That's a Celtics perspectives on it right what, there. What's that? Wiggins conned Wolves out of a max contract as then he's celebrated when he scores 20 points. Great gift.
0: Oh, man. Voy a, Voy a <laughs> Celtics fan? Yeah. <laughs> is he really?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Man, oh. Andrew, oh. Wiggins,
1: Andrew Wiggins oh, no. has flipped this series. Andrew Wiggins, uh, not even just through his offense, his rebounding. Is yeah. what, that's the Changed thing about it. Who's a more complete player, Wiggins or Tatum? In this the, the wild thing is that if you if you only watch these last two games, it, it's like no
0: question. It's not even a question. Well, so here's well bringing it back to a Nuggets kind of angle on this, this is where this stuff is so fascinating to me, man. Is that I? It's one of my favorite stories in sports when a player like buys into the less honorable parts of basketball, the parts that aren't so yep. celebrated. And Andrew Wiggins, I think, fell short as the, the things that we're talking about. The like, can you be the number one guy and the scorer and uh the highlight guy and in some capacity the leader and all of these different things that get celebrated it's funny to me when a guy ends up being i mean the flip side of what voya is kind of saying here you know, oh it's great that now he scores 20 points it's not that he scored 20 points or actually I think he had like 28 or something he had a good a good scoring 26 game. I think. 20 26 which is actually like really good for a guy like that's a lot of points. murray had 26 in a playoff game in the nuggets one you'd be like oh hell yeah that's that's great but what's more important to me is it's the winning plays. And it hasn't just been in this game. It wasn't just in the series. It's really been the entire playoff run. By the way, I don't think it's been all season. It's been parts of seasons. Like if you coming into the playoffs, I wasn't predicting the Andrew Wiggins breakout sure, playoff no. run. But it has increased as the stakes have increased. And I think there's almost this weird feedback loop. And this is an interesting thing about basketball. And it pertains to Michael Porter Jr. and it pertains to uh Aaron Gordon to a certain extent. Definitely. Wiggins is scoring 16 points, grabbing 16 rebounds. And the conversation is Andrew Wiggins. And I think some of the times these guys think, if I do those things, nobody's going to talk about me. I'm going to get underrated historically, this or that. And there's a funny thing. First of all, you have to win. But when you win and are doing these types of things, all of a sudden people are like, is he finals MVP? Like he has a real shot at it now of being, I don't think he will. Oh my God. If if he steals finals MVP
1: from Steph Curry. It goes from Tim Andre Iguodala to yeah. Andrew Wiggins to Honestly, Kevin Durant. Honestly, like,
0: can I tell you something? If I were a Steph fan, I'd almost be rooting for it because it almost makes his legacy better in this weird I would like, like, inverted way. It. Just quadruple down Just on quadruple it, like. down on it. Like That's the great thing about him is yeah. his value is so great it makes other people appear better. And then like, Andrew Wiggins gets traded somewhere and gets swept by the Celtics again. So uh, a la Kevin Durant. <laughs> so I'm just saying like, there's this really... Uh, There's something really cool and special about when a player, when it clicks for a player in a way that they're like, actually winning is what's celebrated. And oftentimes that is correlated with the shot making and this or that. But sometimes it's just correlated with that guy's a winner. And right now I would say, I can't believe I'm saying this. Andrew Wiggins is a winner. And I hope we see that from Michael Porter. I hope we see that from Aaron Gordon because there's going to be nights when the Nuggets need 40 points from Michael Porter. And I I think he's going to be more positioned than even a Wiggins to deliver it. But there's going to be a lot of nights that I think if you talk about, try to envision the most realistic scenario where the Nuggets win a title next year, the most realistic scenario for me is where Jokic dominates, Murray dominates fairly often. And every now and then, Porter goes off for thirty, but more often than not, he just grabs sixteen yes. rebounds. Yeah. He hits. He has a big quarter. Yeah. He just punishes you for all those other ways. And the same goes for Aaron Gordon. Sometimes he might score twenty, but more often than not, it's just that. Oh wow, Jason Tatum only has eight points through three quarters because Aaron Gordon's locked him up. And then in
2: between the cracks, you know they're so prepared for everything that Steph is trying to do to free himself and others up that at times it felt like the very last thing they were prepared for was Wiggins just taking it strong to the rack. Yep. And he said after the game, when he was asked about what worked for him, he just said, just trying to be aggressive, going to the rim. And this whole thing, everything you just described, that quote, I'm sure you feel the same way, Eric. You're watching this thinking, I hope AG is locked in. Because this, especially that first point of, that can be that new phase of his career and how he's understood as a player. The guy that helped Denver do it by doing those things, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the guy who couldn't help Orlando do XYZ.
1: And not only that, like, a player like Aaron Gordon... What he represents with Denver and a player like Andrew Wiggins, a player like Kevon Looney, a player like Otto Porter, all of the uh, Gary Gary Payton, the two, uh, represent guys that can just be a change of pace. Like when the Warriors aren't able to hit threes and bring you down to your knees with a barrage coming from the sky, suddenly they're able to then just attack the rim and finish at the rim, grab gritty rebounds like. Be able to win in ways that are not expected, but are just gritty and uh, just multifaceted. <laughs> there's like,
0: one. There's one other angle to this, though, that's important for us to acknowledge, and that is the underlying of all of this is you can they they're not beating you 130 to 120 the way you're talking about attacking the rim and Wiggins doing right. this. They're able to beat you because they defend they just are so good defensively that it doesn't take an A game offensively. Right. And you can get a B like even the Nuggets can give a B offensive effort with Aaron Gordon be the league scorer, Michael Porter or whatever, like yoke having whatever. But they don't have the defense and they really never have in the Jokic era had the defense to be able to win consistently against the top teams with a B offensive game. And I think that's part of the difference here. It's true. And uh and the, the thing about the Denver Nuggets as opposed to
1: the Golden State Warriors, we were talking about this last night, like, the number one star for the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, has the worst game I've ever seen him play offensively, right? I mean, he, he couldn't hit anything. He's kind of, he, bad shooting night. That's not, bad shooting night, right? Jokic doesn't have nights like this. Like the baseline for Jokic much much higher. Like he's at the rim. He's not taking the degree of difficulty on the shots that Jokic takes as opposed to Steph Curry, much uh, lower. Right. Like so he you know that you're going to you can count on minimum 25 points from Nikola Jokic. Like you can just take that to the bank every single night. And if you can just then have other people around that can. You know, play these roles like you're seeing all of the other warrior players step up and sort of fill in the gaps when they're not able to just rely on Steph, offensively and defensively. Like the Nuggets are, po- are in such a position with a, a player like Nikola Jokic that if they can just get Aaron Gordon, if they can get Michael Porter Jr., if they can get Bones Highland, all of these guys to watch this finals, buy in the way that these guys are buying in. I mean, the, the sky is absolutely li- the limit, and it just. It just feels like we are seeing, you know, a lot in this finals that are, is directly applicable to the Denver Nuggets.
2: I, I also, looking at Boston right now, you know, there's a lot of talk about how God, some of the role players and they just look really tired. It was a very arduous grind to get yes. to this place and stay healthy. And now you're seeing like it's very, very hard to grind away at those things like all season long. To just be so committed to the focus and the buy-in, and I think this was another ripple effect of the injuries. Really, it's like by the time the Nuggets reached the playoffs, there was just it just felt like there was so little left in the tank, you Nothing. know. And so my point is, and I'm not just trying to harp on the injuries, but to be able to have enough to go that hard yep. and commit to all the right mm-hmm. things it's this so deep into the season, a lot a lot of things have to break right for you heading
1: into that. God know? damn man,
0: like why couldn't Jeff Green play like
1: Andrew Wiggins? You know what I mean? Like, well, like, I mean, like, I think Aaron like,
0: Gordon is the guy that I think is our Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. It's possible. I mean, Jeff Green is more of like I, just I mean Gary like, Payton or Nemanja guy, like You guy, can't expect too much out of that I agree. I agree. I agree
1: but like, the Nuggets were relying on him. I, I, I I'm well, not this saying, year, yeah. I, 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 I know. I mean, I'm not saying like Jeff Green is a guy we should rely upon. It's just like in a when the series. In Game Three, it looked like, oh wow, the Celtics have figured out how to bully the Warriors. They're going to just dominate them on the glass. They're going to get every offensive rebound. That's what's how they're going to win the series, just by putting them in a corner and just doing whatever they want. Like, and a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who's not, you wouldn't expect. He's not. He doesn't even play center. Like he's a forward. He's somehow changes the the entire series through his rebounding it's like a guy a big guy like jeff green should be able to do the same sort of thing like
0: but couldn't you see if we go back though to aaron gordon couldn't you see that like some of us it's trying to picture what does aaron gordon bring number one i mean we want to see him have the defensive impact uh, yeah that like we almost want him to be draymond as much as anything where he or Marcus smart where you're like hey shut down a guy for a series or a couple of series yes but i do think the other part of this is if aaron gordon doesn't have a guy to guard we've seen this in last year's playoffs like okay you've got uh, all right Chris Paul and Devin Booker like I don't know where does he fit in he's not going to guard either of those guys it could be as simple as can you get a career high rebounds yep just get a career high whatever right. your career high just make that the thing that you're going to punish teams because it changes the complexion of how a right. team looks at you and like right now I'm looking at this thinking the Celtics probably have like as they're in the drawing board right now preparing for Thursday's game six. They're probably factoring in Andrew Wiggins' rebounding as a thing they have to Absolutely. control. It's like we have to stop him. He Absolutely. has three of the top five rebounding games of his career in this series. Like We it's have unreal. to keep him off. And guess what? That costs something. It costs resources, right. which opens up the door for other players. Right. And that, to right. me, is the real value that you're hoping to get from an Aaron Gordon and, at times, a Michael Porter. We all think he's going to score a bunch of shots, but sometimes it can be as simple as Michael Porter has every gift that Andrew Wiggins does physically. He's right. wow. jump super— Well, I'm just There's saying—
1: not the, not the back, but yes. Well,
0: Okay, but he jumps super <laughs> high. He grabs rebounds in the similar way that Wiggins it's does, totally. which is yeah. Wiggins just jumps right. and skies above. If you don't yeah. get a body on him, he out jumps you. And Michael Porter kind of has Definitely. some of this too, Definitely, where you're like yeah. some six foot five guy loses sight of him and it's like, oh shit, I can't even compete now. There, there was some of that. Too. Oh, man, this is the biggest bummer in these
2: lost reps too. Like these are the early years where he's supposed to be learning a lot of these lessons because you could hear him start to reflect on the difference in the way Malone was treating and playing him right. when he was attacking the rebounds, yep. regardless of what his shooting so so was, So true. And that was actually the thing that got him into the rotation, and he grasped that too. So, again, one, for there are many reasons you want to get these guys back on the court, but one of them is so that he can start going through those sort of lessons yeah. and learning those answers and reflection.
0: Yeah. Um, and then the Jason Tatum part of this. I mean, we all know why you dislike him. This has been a disasterful, like, finals for him it really has like it's it's so funny and he could he's 23 he still can get a lot better but this is one of those ones where he really has been one of those players that has been given things i think a little premature he was like anointed a little bit early oh, yeah. <laughs> and now you're seeing like some yeah. of these like major limitations to to him at this level and granted a lot of players will come up short yeah. in the stage against like a great defense yeah. but nonetheless it is kind of funny like the knee-jerk reaction and that he you know, he's not finishing at three. He has zero dunks. How crazy is that? He has zero dunks in this series. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can't get to the rim.
2: It's he can't under, get there. Well, and, and he if can't he doesn't,
1: he can't finish. He but absolutely but cannot finish. Because he's doing the the Harden thing, man. He really is. Every
2: layup is like I'm going to do this step through, rip through, draw contact, and I'm like, dude, just focus on the layup. But he's
1: not even getting contact. He's oh, I he's agree he's actually that. like contorting to avoid contact, creating circus Agreed. shots where if you've... he just went up strong and actually like was seeking contact, he
0: would then have the opportunity to miss more free throws down the stretch. <laughs> I'm so sad that we don't get to see <laughs> Like Jamal Murray and Michael Poole. Like, I'm just, next year is going to be honestly the ultimate, like, release of energy where I'm just going to be so excited to see these guys no, on the I'm court. Cause I wait. do look at, like, one, one thing about Jamal Murray, he doesn't do this BS. Like, some of this is Marcus Smart last night. The game, I think the Warriors were going to win at this point anyway. Clay Thompson gives him a very clear off arm, and it was probably should have been a foul. Ref a foul, didn't call yeah, it. Yeah. What does Marcus Smart do? Throw Whoa! himself 10 feet backwards like he got murdered. Ref doesn't call it. And then Klay Thompson gets a wide open set three. If you just don't do that, you get pushed off. First of all, Klay doesn't shoot that one because he wasn't trying to shoot it. And then second of all, you just go out. Klay Thompson at this stage of his career might not be good enough to score on the defensive player of the year anyway. Just don't go for the BS. Just don't go for the BS. At a certain point, it's game five of the finals. Win it. Win yeah, it honestly. Yeah. Just do it honestly. Po- totally agree. And like when you do that, and then I don't know if you guys noticed, it turned into a downward spiral because then he goes on the other end oh, and then disaster. pull flops on oh. hit. And he just is on tilt. He's like out of control. And, you're and thinking, that was actually
2: Udoka's message to them at halftime. It's like, yo, just play the game. Just we're, play we're the game. We're too caught up in that stuff. Don't
0: worry about it. Let's just focus on us. Uh, it sucks when that stuff goes against you. Like, granted, so I could I had a lot of Boston fans mad at my comment. Like, it's an off arm. What do you expect? I just expect foul, you don't do hell or high water. Try to win, yeah, yeah. not hell or high water. Try to sell. Like, well, you sell it. That's how you get a call. You didn't get it, and you gave up a wide open three to maybe the second best three point shooter of all time. And you,
1: your team scored seventeen points in the meaningful part of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I, they just absolutely. Uh, well. Ate themselves alive, like they allowed things like that to. Just Again, I don't want head. to
0: make this the annoying thing here, but there is an important thing here, which <coughs> is that Jordan Poole has the worst plus minus on the Warriors in this playoffs, and it's a little bit because he's been or in this this finals, and a little bit of it is because it's a tough matchup. Like they they the Celtics are going at him every time he's on the court. Jason Tatum had half of his points in a two minute span when at the end of the first quarter with Jordan Poole. They just kept switching him out on him. It's just a bad matchup for him. Who closes last night and who plays almost the entire second half, other than Gary Payton? None other than Gary Payton, who ends up a plus 16 in 26 minutes and was huge for them. And it's another one of these things where it's like just that ability to around the edges of your star players be able to switch out for what is needed is just so important. Yeah. And I mean, in this, I mean, the, the Warriors are getting exactly what they
1: need from every one of their players at the exact right time. Jordan Poole gets abused. He hits. The biggest shot of the entire game at that the, half quarter or that, whatever. At yeah. The shot at yeah. the end of the third quarter. There's less than a second left. That and was launches a huge one. That turned everything. The Boston
0: Celtics were up by uh, two. I think that put them up one. I think that put the, the, the Celtics. Up one. Were, I,
1: I believe were up by double digits. Clay Thompson hits two three-pointers. Jordan Poole comes down, hits a three-pointer, and then he hits that unbelievable circus shot three-pointer. They get absolutely haymakered.
0: It's 12 points in about a minute and a half. Don't you think there's something to this, though? And this is one of the This mag- this is one of this unspoken magic pieces of the Warriors in the Curry era is that I feel like they get that from their role players a lot, and there's something culturally that they have there that gets the most out of these guys. That's something they build throughout the season where if you survived it through them, if you're one of the guys in the foxhole, you're probably going to step up in the big moments.
1: Yeah. My feeling on this is that you feel uh, safe under the umbrella that Steph Curry, Klay Thompson... Draymond Green create and yeah. then you don't feel the pressure that Andrew Wiggins felt in Minnesota where he was like I have to do this it's no. like, now it's sort of like all right, like if I don't make this shot, like Steph Curry's gonna make this shot. It's, fine. it's Like, whatever. Like, I'll just go out and sort of like. Do so you le- think Nuggets already have? Because I mean, Nuggets have that. This is what I am saying. Like, the, if you Jokic feels so safe with him. I know he's so, so safe <laughs> in his arms. It's, so
0: the problem is, is that like he needs. We need a full canopy to, for
1: uh, the, the the.
0: It sucks because uh, Murray was out, but I gotta say, man, I feel pretty safe with Murray
1: too. That's the thing. If you have the if you have the core in place, and the core yeah. being now, hopefully, Jokic, MPJ. Uh, and well how we ball. have to qualify that so well heavily. i don't know, I know no, we do know, though, because at yeah. certain point it's been barton maybe i don't know like those three guys if those three guys play to their ability and play together you got to think a guy like bones highland is going to go
0: absolutely <laughs> so bonkers because
1: him. he's That's just like fun. all right green light like yeah. if i if these minutes for me don't go well like all right they don't go well Jokic and, and murray are going to play well like i'm just going to go and do whatever i can when i'm on the court um, yeah
0: That belief, we've been robbed of it. I do look at these two. We've talked about it the whole playoffs, but I look at these two teams and I just go, I don't know. It could compete with all of them. Absolutely. absolutely Absolutely I mean, they have some things they have to shore up. This is a big offseason, but I just look at it and I go, Th- they have the talent that those guys do at the top and they're flawed but both of these teams are flawed man the yeah. remaining two teams both of them are flawed yeah.
2: by the way one really quick point on tatum i know we got to keep it moving there is an inherent incredulousness that i bring to this thing that i honestly can't right now because for once everyone is seeing the same thing that i'm seeing. i love it so i love you know, it
0: well he, has, it. I mean, he does have more turnovers than any player ever in yeah. finals and history it's just a only, only well, through five only through five games that we are very close Holy to the one are in the playoffs now one, one really close to a hundred turnovers in the playoffs and you're right Voya. he's only
2: 23 but he's been in the league for 15 years so whatever okay uh let's hit a break breckenridge brewery is the official beer of dnvr Voya's out here by the way thing. i love Voya. this isn't real there's beef. no way Voya's has ever been to I boston the there's celtics. just no way oh he wouldn't feel the way he does there's about the celtics. no way all right here we go breck brew has beer for any occasion hating on the celtics rooting for the avalanche there's so many ways to enjoy the official beer of dnvr and you can find any of breck's fantastic fantastic selection yeah. via the breck beer locator tell it where you live tell it where you're looking for they'll Keep tell you where avalanche to go amber ale, baby. how about a little promotion everybody loves promotions what's better than the avs scoring two goals in the first period a free beer to wash those two goals down well, one game days start your avs game with an avalanche amber ale at any bar or restaurant and save that receipt because if the avs scored two or more goals in the first period Breck Brew is going to pay for that beer, baby, via rebate. Just upload your receipt on BreckBrew.com. They
0: got a good goalie, right, Tampa Bay? Yes. They do. Okay. Oh, man, I love this. Unstoppable object versus movable force. That's right. Immovable <laughs> sports. sports. Yeah, we know sports. what you mean. We know yeah. what you mean. Ah,
2: the third law of Newton. Okay. <laughs> DraftKings, are you ready for NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action the with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet. Uh, make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. That seems pretty cool. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals, where well, you can with DraftKings same-game parlays. Here's how it works. You combine multiple bets, Eric. Like you, like, Who's going to win on the money line? Total threes made under on uh. under Tatum points. And just, just like that, you've got a shot at an even bigger payout. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. I can't promise you that's going to happen but I can promise you, you can try with DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code DNVR, make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals, and get $150 in free bets instantly. Mm. That's promo code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NBA, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call
0: 1-800-522-4700. That's freaking Good yeah. stuff, good stuff. All right, back here, segment two. It's time to talk about the draft again. And before we get to the draft, um. You know, a couple names have started to emerge as you talk about potential trade targets. I mean, I think everybody kind of pencils in Barton as a guy that the Nuggets are probably going to look to move. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be moved, but I think the Nuggets, when you look at the guys most likely to, he's probably atop the list. There's kind of a new second name that is almost number two here. It just seems like it. Again, I'm not reporting. This is not something that I personally have heard, by the way. I've heard some things. Part of it, I I haven't asked the specifics of this. I don't know. I, I just don't. We'll see some of these other reports but my but Monte Morris's name is starting to pop up as a guy that a lot. not just from by the way like Denver people but even outside of it I think Jake Fisher had a note in there about Monte being a guy that has made out there so Mr. Nugget Monte Morris and by the way today um Matt Moore hinted at i guess the idea that bones is not an untradable piece that it's even possible bones finds himself uh traded this year mm. we know that the nuggets themselves have positioned themselves for like hey don't be surprised this is the summer where no every everything is on the table um but let's just start with monte here you know if he is gone just your, your initial thoughts about it sounds like he's a piece that i at this point would not at all be surprised if he was traded
1: Okay, if we're talking basketball perspective, Monte Morris represents a very solid top-end backup point guard. This is something that is not unattainable in the NBA. You can find guys to replace the production of Monte Morris. You can find guys to do a lot of what he does. Culturally, I, I hate the idea that they are going to erode so much of what has made the yeah. Nuggets who they are uh, so quickly. I, don't, I mean, again, like, I'm not saying it's happening. We don't know if it's going to happen. I just, I'm a little unnerved by the idea that you know, in back to it would be in back-to-back trades if it happens that way. That it, okay, we move a guy that Jokic says he wants to play with for the rest of his life, and right. then, then next goes uh, in consecutive, I guess, seasons would be Mr. Nugget is traded, right? right. Gary Harrison to Monte Morris, like. That um, is consecutive
0: seasons. That would be weird. Oh, right. man, is the Mr. Nugget a curse? Dude, uh, the oh, curse no! of Mr. Nugget. Like, I don't want to get into oh, the curse of crap. Mr. Nugget. Oh, oh, so no. I hate learning that. I don't, I don't love the
1: idea. If he gets I traded, mean, I think we might have to... <laughs> it's a kiss man. of death. I don't love the idea, but it does feel like... I don't think it is, A name actually. like Monte Morris being involved feels like... It, it, <laughs> it feels like we are truly entering a new yeah. era of Nuggets basketball, yeah. which, again... Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, it's just different I don't know, it makes me uncomfortable, that's it If you want
2: to talk about a hard turn away from the Tim era For better or worse I mean that's like the easiest way Barton and Monte? Or just like, yeah, trading Mr. Nugget I mean it's, yeah. from a basketball perspective Here's the part I think very few people want or are eager to say out loud Makes some sense They right. like drafted Bones Yeah, it depends on what it is To right? Eric's point, point, like, and I don't mean this as a cold term Just in, in the literal usage in the NBA, is Monte Morris expendable? Yes. I, I, I think he's. I think he's non-essential. Yeah, I don't like, want,
1: like 2K, like, in like two K. In like two K. Let's yeah. trade him. No problem.
2: But there is this element of everything they've done to build this sort of culture and do right by guys. It's so and, important. And like Monte could not have bought in any harder to just being a part of the Nuggets on and off the court. It would feel like a different type of roll of the dice than we've seen to this point.
0: I think the Tim, the loss of Conley was less than the actual impact it had. It had this like thing where you had a vision for the storybook, right? The storybook was these guys all do it together and Monte's there and like Wancho's back somehow. I don't know. Like There's this idea of like, (laughs) there's this idea of it's like the storybook ending. And I feel like that's gone. But guess what? That was probably always gone. That's the thing about it is that winning a title requires a lot of uncomfortable things to have to happen. No question. And the discomfort of, say, a Tim Conley of AJ Michael Green, of a Monte Morris, are actually significantly less discomforting than some of the bigger moves you might think, which would be like a, a Michael Porter Jr. or a Jamal Murray. Like Sometimes, those are the things that it takes. You know, Monte, Monte Ellis was the most beloved warrior yes. of a decade, Yep, and he gets moved, and it was like, we'll never recover from this. They actually recovered quite nicely, they <laughs> quite didn't nicely. know it. Um, and so, for me, I look at it, my pragmatic self says, we've talked about this enough to, for me to say, Monte, Bones, I don't know that both of those guys are on the final form. So you have to pick one. And then, by the way, it is even possible that neither of them are on the final form. Like, there is a world in which Jamal Murray is your scoring guard, and then you have some defensive guys around them. So Hmm. I look at that. I look at that report. I just say I'm not surprised. The Nuggets have positioned themselves from Michael Malone to Calvin Booth to uh, Josh Kroenke of, hey, this is the summer of some un. Uh, Popular decisions Maybe some unpopular trades But they're going to be things That ultimately pay off Mm. And Monte Morris represents that So
1: Let's hope they pay off It's just You know It's just The Denver Nuggets have Pulled themselves up By their bootstraps They were in The absolute nadir of the NBA the worst they were so they were down so bad it's hard to describe during the Brian Shaw era they made a lot of uncomfortable moves by getting rid of George Carl by uh, moving on from a a lot of players that uh, felt like they were you know sort of foundational to that 57 win season and replacing them with guys like I don't know Nate Robinson. And, yeah, uh, I don't think saying, you're headed there though. That is, the I'm, I'm, darkest, just, I'm just saying, like, so the way that this team has now been built because we are in a, like a fairly unpopular destination for NBA players, as we've learned, <laughs> is that they have created a culture, a, a a system where people feel like it is a little bit more familial. Um, th- these are they're not skipping steps uh there is accountability that's based on the fact that there's personal relationships with things that exist not just on a piece of paper but are just like a little bit they're they're above uh you know things you talk about with roster construction right um and to turn away from that i don't know if it's like you know maybe it's bad maybe it's good um it just it just makes you a little uncomfortable because it yes it tells you Uh, very clearly that the the, the strategy has changed, which they've been very clear about. So we'll we'll see what this looks like.
0: Um, I'm just, you know, I don't know. We'll see what comes, baby. (laughs) We'll see what comes. Um, By the way, just a quick aside, if there was no Monte and no Bones, is there like a clear... Candidate for Mr. Nugget? Oh my God. Jokic is just it's, too good, right? He, yeah, he, he can't he's be just, Mr. He can't no, he's Nugget. not Mr. Jokic is Emperor Nugget. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mr. Just, Nugget just, can't be, I think, officially cannot be the best player. Is, it, yeah, is it Jamal? I don't think he, I think kind of right. I think is Mr. Nugget.
1: Too. Can we, should we clearly define what it is to be Mr. No. Nugget? No, no, I don't think it has no. a, I think okay. it's, it's like MVP. It's just like pornography. You know when you see it. That's right. Honestly, like,
0: I would argue, I think there's a really good chance that if those two guys both got traded, the next Mr. Nugget. Might not currently be on the roster. Oh my it God, might be a bruh. weird addition. There actually might be a Mister Nugget vacancy that doesn't materialize oh, till like December. Look at this comment, though, dude. My AG, the best oh, chance man. to fill it internally. be. holy smokes, he does have sneaky. You know what? If I were if I odds potential. would have AG yeah. at like plus one fifty. That's a good. It's one, still Lines. not great, but it'd <laughs> be about plus one fifty if that were the case. Holy smokes, I man! Was ready that would for be tough.
1: Conversa- I was not ready for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> AG is Mr. Nugget. I got to wrap my head around this. He's primed. He's positioned himself for it. He's a little. I'm
0: not rooting for Mateo Bose to be treated like that way, but you know what? AG is Mr. Nugget would be a fun one. It's like, you know, we'll have to see. Oh, I, yeah. mean, oh, no, I mean it's gotta be Bones, Bones. if it's Monte gets traded Bones. Bones. Bones Highland is like Bones, minus dude. 900 to Bones, be uh, Bones, Bones, Bones Highland currently Mr. Nugget in trading
1: or Prince Nugget
0: yeah Prince,
1: Prince Nugget <laughs> Prince <laughs> Nugget.
0: <laughs> uh, but that brings us so if there is a replacement here so if you lose Monte Morris <laughs> so you lose Monte Morris do you have a point guard well one name that you might have uh, coming in the draft Andrew Nembhard who right now so here's an interesting one out of Gonzaga four year player yep. he actually spent a couple years um where was it florida yeah two years in florida two years in gonzaga was a starter basically the entire time i think he only started half of his junior season um but out of all the career games he played i think he started all but like 10 of them uh total and he has you know a a pretty impressive pick and roll game i think this is how i would describe him so if we look at the strengths here pick and roll playmaking pick and roll scoring on ball defense um let's put the on ball defense aside here for a second College is less of a pick-and-roll game than the NBA by a lot. So when you look at guys, especially point guards sometimes, they could be great college point guards, but it's like, I don't know if that's going to translate because they won't be doing those things, and then vice versa. I think he's a little bit of the second one. He's a really good pick-and-roll player. Mm -hmm. He's a really smart, really heady pick-and-roll player in ways that are not necessarily flashy. Like sometimes you get, I would call Luka Doncic a flashy pick-and-roll player because he's so dominant at what he does with James Harden. They're so dominant that it's like obvious. He's a guy that I think is almost Monte-esque in his ability to score at three levels. Right. He's got a good off-the-dribble three-point shot. He's got a mid-range game to him, and he can get to the rim and do some things there. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But he can score at three levels, and more than anything, he just seems to have a great feel for the timing of those passes in the pick-and-roll I would compare him to Jokic in this one way. He's not very athletic. Like he's not like a super explosive player. We'll get to that in a second. He plays at his own pace, though. It doesn't. Some at least on the yep. offensive end, yes. it doesn't seem like players speed him up. You know, he plays the pick and roll. He kind of does it slow, and he gets exactly what he wants out of it. And these guys could be running twice as fast around him, but he just kind of knows what to do. I saw
1: that. I. I. I, I likened him to Luca in that way, but like a much obviously lesser version of Luca. But the same thing, like he does not look quick but he seems to sort of get around his guy. Um, and I saw that we have on weaknesses, his finishing at the rim. I don't know, like when I was watching, I, perhaps I didn't watch enough uh, highlights. It looked like he had a really good...
0: So here's what's interesting about it. it. Well, we'll get to it in a second. Put a pin in that because it is an interesting note. Because I w- I called him a three-level scorer and you're right, he does have some very creative finishing around yeah. the rim. He has a good floater. Like yes. a, I actually, it's funny because we talk about Monte leaving. Monte was... I believe, a four-year start. Was he three-year or four-year? Four. I can't remember. It was four-year, four, right? Yes, four. So he was a 4 He kind of reminds me of Monte a little yes, bit. Yes, he does. Absolutely. Um, and that he has that in-between game. Now, a couple differences to him. One, Monte averaged 12 points his sophomore year, 14 his junior year, 16 and a half his senior year. Uh, Nembhard is eleven, basically 11, 9, and 12 points his, those three years. So we're talking about a significant, in my opinion, four or five points per game. You know that's a significant drop off from what you were getting from Monte, so I, at least the numbers show he wasn't quite that. One other difference though is that he's six foot five Monte yep. Morris of course six foot two a pretty big difference like Monte yeah. is a small undersized guy Andrew is, is a bigger one. There are some differences sometimes we can get a little too into the like player style comps. It's just a little bit of a comp there, and then the six six wingspan, so six five but only a six six wingspan. This is a real good test case for ah. Uh. Like he's tall, but doesn't have the great wingspan. In fact, Uh, what's Monte Morris's wingspan? I'm gonna look it up. Good question. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Six foot four. So even he has a longer wingspan. I guess he's by all intents and purposes bigger than Monte. Um, And then his on-ball defense. Here's one that's really tough when we talk about strengths. He had Chet Holmgren behind him, elite shot blocker, very good system in Gonzaga. Like guys know what they're doing, smart. It's hard for me to say is he a good defender or not. He seemed to have a good positional defense. He has the size and he seems to know what to do in terms of moving his feet. The fact that he's not a great athlete that that's the one I would that's the one piece of this detail that I would be uncertain of in the limited film watch study I did I'm like, I'm not sure if he's a great defensive player or and, not
2: and between that and the length, it really does seem like versatility is the name of the game right now. you know defensive right. prowess in it of itself is great, but in the form of someone who A, can fit into multiple lineups, but B, give you a little bit more of that switchability in theory, hopefully. And so he doesn't screen that stuff at me, for sure.
1: Yeah, the one thing that I was like... I actually really like his game, and I was... It really did. I did see a lot of Monte Morris in him. I did see a little Luka Doncic. I did
0: see, um, man, and the Luka Doncic one. I got to be honest. Man. I mean, he's just in the, no, the speed of which he goes into a pick and roll. Okay, he he
1: he can't be sped up. Okay, and I the the, the elite mm. pick and roll. I saw a lot of great passes. The one thing I don't love is jump shot because he starts so low.
0: Yeah, it feels weirdness. like it'll get
1: blocked a lot. Like, um, but it did look like he made a lot. I mean, his. His uh, points per game average being lower um, than Monte, I mean, I think speaks a lot to the fact that just Gonzaga attracts high
0: talent. Could like, be, yeah. You, know, you have a guy like Chet Holmgren. You have Timmy on your team. Like you Monte played with George Niang. Like he had another NBA player on his team. You know, Monte I was think also he was just one. a
2: very, very good college player. Yeah, you know, yeah. He just he had a great career. That's, yeah, um, I, yeah. I mean, it's. I do think. Like It may seem a little confusing to be like, all right, you got to trade Monte so you can get a guy that reminds you of Monte. I know, but he's bigger.
1: He's bigger than Monte.
2: Well, I also think, too, the idea here is then you're searching for whatever that kind of wing upgrade is via the Monte trade as opposed to in the draft. So the whole equation kind of shifts. Well,
0: here's what's interesting. So if we go to weaknesses, because I want to come back to the Monte comp here, but if we go back to weaknesses now— um the speed burst part of this is interesting because again the athleticism he plays at his own pace and that's important but is there the explosiveness sometimes you can have you're not a great athlete but you have the ability to kind of one step go into mm-hmm. something and finish high he doesn't really have that like he actually is a pretty ground-bound player he's a two-foot jumper and he doesn't have a lot of the like Again, it's not burst, but even Monte has this where he can just get a one-step going and then kind of go to a hook shot where right. he has a little bit right. just so you have to go at him. He doesn't have that. And that's why the finishing at the rim, like, there's some of the low lights when you watch him where he doesn't just get his shot blocked. He gets, like, packed. You know what I mean? Like, he'll go up against every now and then an NBA-caliber center or something from the college ranks that will, like, he'll challenge him at the rim. The guy won't even drop, and he'll just be like, dude, what are you doing? Right. And it makes you think, like, how's he going to score on Rudy Gobert? How's he going to score on Capella? Like, he doesn't have the burst, and he doesn't have... Now, here's why I wanted to come back to Monte. let give it to Jokic. If you guys notice, this is one of the most underrated things about Monte and where he really improved from where he was as a college player to where he was as an NBA player. He worked nonstop. Remember, he went to the G League his first year. Nonstop on how to become a creative and crafty finisher at the rim. Yes. And if you think about it, he might be the craftiest finisher on the Nuggets roster, him he, or Jamal, because he really, because he really does have yes. a lot of those, like, weird like he, uh, fast break monte morris one-on-one against the defender is like awesome he's like it's like his most underrated skill because he's so good at like just crazy, chucking crazy it in
2: from these weird crazy angles. crazy
0: angle and he gets it in over yeah. the de- defense and he worked really hard to get that but again it took monte one year of the g league then he came back and then now we're five years into the monte uh, experience and now he's at that level so can a guy like this you talk about trying to win a championship this year is he faku finishing at the rim Maybe a little bit better, but is he just not quite? Is he Moutier? I mean, he's just not like,
2: five, six, so that helps, but I get what you're saying.
0: But he's just not quite good enough to put the pressure on the rim, so all that other stuff at the NBA level is diminished a little bit. I worry a little bit about that. And then lastly, I would say the lateral quickness part of this um, for defense. Again, the Chet Holgrim piece is tough for me because Chet helped him out. They had the defensive pieces. I just don't know. Is he going to be laterally quick enough to guard De'Aaron Fox? And again, maybe that doesn't matter early on in his career, but if you're trying to win a title with a guy, he's going... If he's not good at that, he's going to be switched out against those guys in a play... He might have to guard Jalen Brunson for you to win a a playoff series.
1: Yeah, I was... I didn't see a lot of examples of his defense. I was looking for it. Like, I... I mean, that is... If we... Bring anybody on the Denver Nuggets that does not provide us with perimeter defense, we're making a huge mistake. Right. I mean that that is the number one need for this squad, and if, especially if we move on from a beloved Nugget to get a guy that's just a bigger version of him, but like is not any more uh, effective at that, then I mean that that would be, feel like a big mistake. But all all that being said, like I like this guy.
0: So interesting detail here: he played with R.J. Barrett in high school, which is huh. kind of interesting, and then he played obviously with Kispert, Suggs, Ayayi. He's played with a lot of NBA players, and I do think this is important. Like we start to talk about the Villanova players or the you know the Kentucky guys that always seem to outperform their draft position, I think Gonzaga's is right there in terms of again NBA pick and roll player, a skill that's going to translate a little bit more. But also just having done it with elite guys, it probably does sharpen you a little bit. So um, he's an interesting one. Now here's the last piece of it: is some of the mocks have him as like the forty fifth, fiftieth pick. The Nuggets have 21 and 30. I think he's more of a 30 than it is a 21. But here's the thing. I've been talking to people when the report came out from Jake Fisher, just kind of prying around. The message I got back was the mocks are way off at him. Wouldn't be surprised if he goes ahead of 30, meaning like if he is taken actually in the 20s, not by Denver, but by somebody else. And somebody also said, just watch the mocks. As you get closer to the draft, more intel comes in and you start to see more movement not on everybody's mind not on some random mock you're going to get on sided. but when you talk about the guys who are a little bit more plugged into these things you'll start to see the mocks get a little bit more refined right and he's already a guy that i saw for example um sports illustrated's mock draft has him as 33 so it's that's from 48 50 to 33 just some Intel that he might be one of those guys that surprises a little bit and where he's taken. So I don't think it's that much of a reach. I've had a lot of people say, I feel like it's a reach at 30. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes top 35. So if it's Denver at 30, or if it's somebody else even before that or around that, I, I, that might be more in line. And again, I
2: don't, you know, don't love the idea of a development or project pick, but they're hard to avoid when drafting but this whole equation changes if the point of the manche trade is seeking out that upgrade right yeah. and that that archetype of player and if you find a defensive upgrade via that trade then i think the way you approach this draft yeah. kind of changes a
0: little bit. is so. hilarious that he played with R.J. Barrett? R.J. Barrett's been in the league for, like, it feels yeah, like how's for five years. <laughs> this is like when uh, Michael Porter came in. He was like, I was ahead of Jamal Murray in high school. Like, what? how's he been <laughs> in the league for all this yeah, time yeah, ahead yeah. of me? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, so kind of wild to think uh, about. Uh, I'm intrigued by this guy. I'm not going to lie. I, yeah. He has, I think... Um, my limited scout on him, maybe some bust potential. I don't know that you want to go into next season. Again, Monte, I think, really benefited from the fact that when he came in, he basically had a redshirt year. Yep. And it was so good for him, and he it's made true. a huge leap, and it's then true. he was awesome the first year. This guy, is that Denver's plan? You know, if you lose a Monte Morris, are you counting on this as your third guard? And if so, like if he's your third guard and everything goes well throughout a season, or your third point guard, I mean, Great, maybe that's perfect for him because he'll probably play 25 games and he'll get just enough experience. But if you have an injury and all of a sudden it's a Faku situation right. where it's like, hey, we have to survive yeah, three those months. Never happen, though, And man. he has yeah, to. Come on, what are you about? We have to survive three months and gets... we really need this guy who's never played. Our season depends on him. That could be a tough spot for him to be in. So
1: I'm intrigued. Yeah, there's something nice though about in that scenario. I mean, a guy that's been in college for four years, like those guys come in and they're like more poised, generally speaking. Like, yeah. there's I don't know, like. I don't. We'll see. I. I. I'm uncomfortable with the idea of just replacing Monte Morris with a guy that reminds you of Monte Morris. I'm just uncomfortable in general. Yeah, i I just don't love <laughs> the idea. Even if it makes the team better, it's still. Yeah, I do I just yeah. don't like. It just makes me feel icky, which makes me. I don't like that.
0: All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to get to Ryan Saunders, kind of dish on him, what we think of that move, um, and tie up some loose ends.
2: Whether it's Nimbart, Monte, any rookie, whoever it is you're trying to watch in a Denver Nuggets uniform, you can. And that's not because of the some monumental change that you missed overnight to the situation at large. It's just because of the the great work from our friends at Ivaca TV Uh, who are working so hard to put Altitude Sports Mm. and AT&T Sportsnet and other national channels on your TV. Right now, Ivaca service is available in Denver and Colorado Springs. That should be directly relevant to many of you. So don't miss the Avs Chase That Cup. Don't miss the Nuggets upcoming season. Putting those pieces back together. Rapids, Mammoth, Look man you can watch all your Colorado sports and you should feel Entitled to doing that I really think so Your taxpayers you live here your fans They should be on your TV they can be on your Evoca TV and you can get Ivaca TV by going to evocatv slash dnvr And then use the promo code dnvr you'll get $10 off your first three months that's only $15 Per month for the first three months plus receiver No contracts no hidden fee- t- t- Fees excuse me <laughs> Ivaca TV gets the people going You know what gets me
1: Going Eric uh, Talking about Jason Tatum That's correct. whatever's in that styrofoam
0: cup that you're drinking it's lean it's lean, it's it's lean.
1: lean. i thought it was purple lemonade i can't believe
0: i stand lean yesterday
1: you stand lean. Like, people used to think red meat oh uh, that's right you actually equated yeah. uh codeine based cough syrup mixed with sprite utterly to absurd red meat. utterly absurd <laughs> it could be
0: like four loco for <laughs> that all was i know li- that I don't don't know, was literally seeing. the worst
1: taste cake ever on the internet i can't believe we didn't bring that back up till right people
0: now. in the chat like when i went back and looked at it were like bro this bro, is bro this enough. is enough. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just learned about this 10 <laughs> seconds ago. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the kids to, are doing on that one But
2: listen, only half of that picture was wrong. The other half was great. Get your pre rolls. Go to, go. Go, to, go, to, go to Lightshade Dispensary. Use promo code DNVR for 25% off any purchase you make. It's
0: honestly, guys, our, our number one way you could support us. The easiest way. Like, you already have a dispensary, make it yours, Lightshade. Go it, there, use promo code DNVR, get 25% off. It's like you win, we win. And it's honestly, it's actually really meaningful to us that you guys yeah. make them. We love these people and go go in person
2: i mean the, the when you go in person you can actually talk to these people and make a lot of joke about con- consuming this stuff recreationally or for whatever use but it's important to understand like why you're using it what you're using and when you go and talk to a bud tender you can get a much better understanding of mm. what it is you're buying and you can actually seek to address specific issues if that is the reason you smoke or if there's a particular high you're looking for don't just hit click online somewhere. Yeah, Go yeah. in person, talk to these people, and most importantly, screen DNVR in their face.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and don't let me, D-Line, just jam some weird, dirty joint in your face yeah. outside. Like, make choice. Get the right stuff. Be an informed, responsible
2: weed <laughs> consumer <laughs> with
0: lightshade Dispensary, Colorado's premier dispensary. <laughs> and we're back. And we are back. Final segment here and the Nuggets, guys. This was a Friday news dump in the Denver Nuggets land. The Nuggets have added... To their coaching staff, Michael Malone has added to it. And who did he go with? None other than Ryan Atkins- Saunders. Oh, no, sorry. Ryan Saunders. Well, Ryan he hinted Saunders. at it. It was going to be a, somebody with head coaching experience. That was true. Okay. Um, check. Yeah, brings it. I, that was really the only thing he kind of okay. hinted at. Or, and, and lots of assistant experience. Someone who's been around the game. Okay. Um, so now it is it is kind of funny, like the number one takeaway I think most people have here is Michael Malone, son, son of Brendan Malone, a lifer in the NBA. Michael Malone, since he was in diapers, courtside for NBA games, like he's steeped in the culture. You got David Adelman, son of Hall of Fame coach Rick Adelman. Um, you know, same thing, yeah. since he was in diapers, he's been along the sidelines. Then you got Ryan Saunders, son of, Flip. I think, soon to be Hall of Fame Flip Saunders, uh, coach Flip Saunders. So you're talking about three guys who have a very unique 0. 0.0001 percentile life in that they're, they're guys that grew up around the NBA. There's almost nobody that can say that. They grew up around the NBA. They have that similar background. They're steeped in it. Um, and now they're joined. It's kind of what's your first takeaway here? And by the way, this replaces Jordy Fernandez, mm-hmm. who was uh, has been an assistant for the Nuggets for several years, who went to Sacramento. So there was a vacancy. Eric, I want to start with you. What's your what's your thought when you see Ryan Saunders?
1: <sighs> I mean, you know, the the first thought that anybody has when Ryan Saunders' name is invoked is that like he was a terrible head coach. Yep. Uh, but that doesn't mean anything because he's not being asked to be the head coach. He's a good being point. asked to be uh, to lend his observations and not make difficult decisions i mean the the job of a head coach is very different than the job of an assistant coach yeah. you have to the job of an assistant coach is to be i mean you want you always want like when things are working really well uh, in a competition-based industry, I believe, you want to have, like, the hard-headed – you want to have the mom and dad relationship. You want to have the uh, coach and the assistant coach. The, the head coach is where is where the buck stops. The assistant coach is who, you're the guy that's on your side. You can speak to him. Like, um, you have, like, the softer relationship, and you can sort of, like, feel um, like you have a kinship and an understanding. Like, that – in my experience has always been the best role of the assistant coach. So from that standpoint, like in what you're saying that he has been around the NBA, he's been around a lot of personalities in the NBA for a long period of time. Like he definitely understands that side of the world. Um, I don't know exactly what he brings from an expertise standpoint. Um, but it, it's it, it's an interesting dynamic that I, I actually hadn't seen before and thought about, like all of these sons of, of head coaches that are coming together to form a coaching staff. Like, and frankly, like I don't, I don't know what specific assistant coaches do that make teams better or worse. Like, I, I just don't personally understand it enough. Like I just know that if, if Michael Malone likes him and feels
0: comfortable with him, like, okay. That's fine by me. You think so? I I do. I mean, because game theory this out though a little bit because one of the things here's my I'll go ahead and get into my number one my top concern here. And again, I'm with you in large part about the right answer to the is this a good hire or a bad hire is probably unknowable or something that we at least won't know right now. Maybe you know, it's a little prying. We'll probably get to here. the thing. I think with Michael Malone is he's very 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 headstrong. You know, he's very like. You got to convince him and i don't think i don't think he's one of those guys that doesn't like to be convinced otherwise i just think he's somebody that like you can't just mildly suggest things or that so i think he needs strong-minded assistance that can be very vocal and can maybe even challenge him and maybe even have it so that he says hey run with this and he's talked about you know what are you losing jordy fernandez well that's going to be your defensive coordinator you're bringing flips Saund- on or i'm sorry ryan saunders in now to be your de facto defensive coordinator Well, he wasn't really known for defense, and he wasn't necessarily known for being strong-minded or strong-willed or extremely vocal. He's very well-liked. He's a player's coach. He was extremely young, and he is. He's actually younger than me, which is a little bit weird. So you've got all those things, and I just wonder, is he the guy that's going to tell Michael Malone you're doing it all wrong? That's the only thing I would wonder.
2: Right. Or is he gonna be kind of a yes man in some regards as well? And I don't know. I don't know. I don't a yes no man idea. as
0: in like yes man almost implies like a brown noser. Or the no, I don't I wonder just... if he just doesn't have the ability to tell Michael Malone you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> which is like I think everybody needs I that. really think we should do this differently. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I wonder that too. But then the flip side of that is this is a guy who Malone has a relationship and level yes. of trust with, and perhaps that is within that same conversation a strength in the end. So that that is one of the things I hope to get a grasp of. And then to your point, Eric, I do think it is so hard to know. Like, what do we know about how the Wolves locker room responded to him? You know, like we can ask Dane and we can sure. paint a picture and, and ask other people in Minnesota and all that. But it's it's different than being there than covering it. And, by
0: all accounts, though, I will say this: by all accounts, everybody truly loved him. That's so what i He was a guy well. that you, I mean, he had a horrible record as a head coach, and it's right. not lost on me that when they replaced him with. Chris Finch there were other things that happened along the way but that there was a really stark like cultured shift from that moment so it's like okay they became a more serious team again it's not all one thing but at least it's part of the story but I will say that he was a guy that I think everybody loved even through losing which is very rare right I agree and
2: and so yeah hopefully he's a guy players will respond to I wonder if they pick up on that at all like this guy's been around the league his entire life this isn't just me sort of listening to any other Any random person on the sideline, I'd be curious to know. But I I ultimately agree with Eric on this stuff. Until it gets started, it's so very hard to to know the answers to this stuff.
0: Yeah, Yeah. just just pieces of this here. I don't have strong takes on him. I mean. you know, we'll, we'll kind of, I'm sure, get to learn a little bit more and more about him and what he does. But he does take on a pretty important role. I will say when he was a head coach, I think he got the head coach's job at like 31 or 32 because he's 35 or 36 now. He's still really young. Um, and I think that's always an interesting thing to think back to. I mean, what's Mark Day not? I think he's also like 36 or so. He's not that old, but it's very rare for a guy sub 40 to be the head coach. And for him to go to a young team, I mean, he was the same age of half the guys on the roster. Think about how weird that is. That's a really weird dynamic. So some of his failures in Minnesota should be taken with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And there's something to be said
1: about being, again, that bridge between the head coach and the players. And if you have a guy that's maybe closer to their age range that, you know, this herd of things like, I don't know, lean knows
0: what they are. Do you think do you think Ryan Saunders has heard of lean?
1: He probably watches the DNBA show. You think so? I would think so. He knows yeah. of it. As you don't a, think he like I think
0: you and he learned about it at the same time. <laughs> you don't think he likened it to red meat or something? Or, I think or he like egg, egg, <laughs> egg yolks <laughs> or for loco.
1: I don't know. Probably. Egg yolks aren't good for you. Or are they? We don't know. I feel Hard like they might say. be. Everything is up in the air. At I just point. keep eating. I listen, goes back I just, and like, forth. All I know is that every time I watch a Denver Nuggets game, they interview a different guy at halftime that I've never seen before. That's and so i,
0: true. And who did I they keep trotting out this year i don't, I don't know. know who there that was guy, like a guy is guy. Either, was like a guy no, no offense, That was a weird man, one man and i'm like i'm like, I'm is like that my cousin he seems yeah. like
2: i met him at thanksgiving I'm we've like, like,
0: done this before but who's your top ha- half coming out of halftime interview coach uh, of all you go back the whole history i have an easy number one do you uh actually you know what i don't remember chris finch in this role so i can't say if it was him or not but i have an easy number one a guy i just always liked please. Did it. nobody else no i i want the floor this is now
2: something i've thought through so mike
0: and nori Oh, oh, I man. loved Mike Anori, man. Mike Anori. Okay. When he took over Summer League that one year, I just felt like it was the best. He would sit there and hold court for forever. He'd give all kinds of details away. He was the best. <laughs> Shout out Mike Anori. Shout yeah. out Mike Anori. Wolves assistant Mike Anori. I see
1: people, yeah, true true teller saying Ryan is a yes man. Um sometimes you also need a yes man. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like Michael Malone has a has a a vision in place and he's like, okay, help me execute this. And yeah. like not you don't always need like a guy that's like no 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 but like at a certain point like maybe they just like each other and they have honest conversations about basketball and it's not just like man we got to change this it's just sort of like offering his opinion you know there are different ways to impress or uh, make an impression upon w- the way things are done versus just being adversarial like, particularly when you're with people all day every day like we yeah. have conversations about things that we do her all the time oh D line
0: this. Classic yes man. I am a classic oh, that's yes dare. man. Classic yes man. Everyone's just like can't
2: oh. appease you enough. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, I have
1: a shirt. I'm like, yes. I love <laughs> that. That's it. a great idea. I'll do it right now. No problem. Um, but there's something nice about just having people with you that just sort of like you create a positive culture, you yeah. create a, a culture that people want to be at work. And then the players that are headed by Nikola Jokic, that actually is uh, really creating the culture on the court. It feels comfortable and and things just just work well. I mean, like, I don't want a guy to come in and just be a jerk like that
0: just, just says, like, no, that we're, we're just doing defensively. We're doing
1: this all I wrong. Don't, we th- I don't think that's the difference
0: of the jerk aspect of it. It's more of like, here's here's the thing. Michael Malone just said in his last media availability is that the Nuggets might have to redesign their defensive philosophies. They might have to redo that. If you asked me to use some words to describe Ryan Saunders, and you picked around, I don't know that like defensive architect is the word a word that would have come but to mind. But I mean, mind.
1: has he ever been in a position to be a
0: defensive architect? Do we know that? But I mean, just that is a little concern. Like, sure, just, sure. just that no, like, alone is that's a fair might, point. He might you know be what? right at it. He might be a great pianist. We don't would know. Did you, yeah. 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 you just say yes when I say something, please? just one time? I just, again, I think I think, <laughs> we, I think with these things, with these things, a lot of things are possible. I just I, do, I don't know what to make of it. I am not know. Outside. For sure, outside of the. I'm interested though. About, every
1: um, th- every season, the Denver Nuggets have a whole host of new assistants. I will say does it make a difference? Yeah.
0: I don't know. I do this deal, by the way. I I'd first heard of it maybe six weeks ago, so I think this is a thing that had been like whatever, yeah, long time like time probably enough. before the Jordy thing was announced. Again, a lot of things happen behind the scenes that you kind, of, you know, like you kind of, you kind of hear about. So I, I think this was one of those ones that has been in the works for a long time.
2: Um, by the way, while we're on the topic, Dur- the Darrell Arthur mini thing was
0: real. That's still a possibility. He's just still under contract. Is it? Is that it? Or no, he's he's mulling. He's really, considering. He's I still love Darrell Arthur, man. I, I hope he stays in Denver, man. I just like Darrell Arthur to me is like a perfect, like you know, he didn't have that big of an imprint on the roster, Did you see him? but he still wears the Gary Harris's the 2017s every <laughs> Those, day. He wears the same one. I love it. I feel I like, like he, that should be the pitch was, to keep him. He was, ph- yeah, yeah he was on. photographed yeah. the other day wearing the shorts, which I
1: hate, you hate, yeah, I, because they look like. Board shorts. They're the Gary Harris's. Uh, yeah, Gary Harris made. If, and like for those shorts. who don't know, Gary Harris who had a very know? memorable shot. He was wearing that uh, one-off uniform with the shorts that look like board shorts, and for that reason, they'll be enshrined forever
0: in Nuggets history. But they're terrible basketball shorts. They do Hell look the like board shorts. You're they 100 right. really look do. like board really shorts. Really what do. is the, It's not Billabong. What's the other one? This because like, like at PacSun Sun, you can draw or like Sun. Those look yeah. like you get those at PacSun Sun. A million yeah. percent. Yeah, you would buy the. But he was also wearing
1: Nikola Jokic. So is Sun still? Around. Is yes, that a reference? Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, yeah, so you guys get there. You are the oldest
0: person on earth.
2: Yeah, dude. Do
1: you you know don't that? go outside
0: anymore. Adam, <laughs> Do I go to the mall? Who goes to the mall? I went to the mall recently. For I, what? First out, of all, you say this is not homies. an old thing. You know what it is? They don't sell clothes at the mall for me. No, no, they you, really don't. You have kids and they don't. That's, so we, we that's we the difference. Adam, both old and misshapen. <laughs> I'm just misshapen, <laughs> is what it is. Like you, They don't make the clothes except for Eddie Bauer. That's why I go to Eddie Bauer.
2: Adam, do you ever go to Hot Topic in your Of
0: course not. What about Claire's? you been to Claire's?
2: Oh, come that's, on, yeah. for,
0: That's like earrings, right? <laughs> How do you think I got my ears pierced? Are we there? just are we just going to name just, stores? It's it's you am talking to guys? Oh, you guys don't know Sharper Image? That's Hollister. the number one. Sharper Image is the number one mall store there is. Hollister. If we didn't, we should do a draft, a snake draft. Holy smokes. We're going, the going mall. long today, Caleb. We're going to like, second You guys want a little, little Mervin's? Remember back in the day, Mervin's? Then turned to Mervin's in
1: California.
2: I like thing. this comment. Every time we appear culturally illiterate, someone's like, where's Dev? <laughs>
1: But it's Peter. It's, it's Buckets. I mean, come on.
0: Hit that like on the way out, everybody. We'll st- oh, we have a couple of super chats. All right. Oh, what do we got? Go. Oh, we're done. Hell, yeah. Somebody super chatted on a, Wednesday, a Tuesday. Uh, cool Cootie says, can Eric and Adam argue about Gary Payton again? Water under the fridge. Cement, Adam. Hell, yeah. So many <laughs> references there. Is it really that weird to say cement?
2: Totally. Yes, yeah. Super weird. First and time I've ever heard it.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. I feel like this is the thing. I feel like this is <laughs> regional. Don't. And I did, just to
1: clear this up, I, we weren't arguing about Gary Payton II. We were arguing about whether or not it matters to have Let's Gary do Payton it. I'm just top. saying let's start well, they he, clo- he
0: closed the most pivotal game of the finals so yeah, I don't but, know. Uh, actually the two most pivotal games of the finals he closed when but we whatever. look back
1: when we look back and we say is Gary Payton the second the most pivotal member of the Golden State Warriors yeah that's I a, still say no that's a different argument but okay. that was my yeah, entire fra- point but fra- your argument you hot off it. of vacation because he heard me say that he was wrong sometimes <laughs> yeah he so sure he said I was wrong when I wasn't said, that's what
0: I was upset about it. you said I was wrong and I wasn't
1: but the the crux of the argument is that at the end of the
0: day I'm gonna be wrong but right.
1: <laughs> with the
0: Warriors one and six. <laughs> Jack says, I have to ask, who's the most handsome nugget?
2: We can't I don't think we can answer that.
0: Oh uh, who's the most handsome Eric, nugget? Eric, you can. Yeah.
1: Uh no question. Uh with a bullet, Nikola Jokic. Let's go. <laughs> there
0: you go. Hit that like on the way out. We'll see you,